Charging status is proudly recorded using Squadcast. Squadcast provides an easy and robust way to record video and audio podcasts. Use our referral link to help support this as well as future episodes. Charging status is also proud to be hosted with Castos. Castos provides an easy way to host podcasts and distribute them to all the top platforms, including YouTube. Use our referral link to help support this as well as future episodes. Hello and welcome to the March episode of Charging Status, the UK and Ireland EV-focused podcast brought to you by The Interface. Things are a little bit different here going forward. You may remember from last episode that James is no longer my co-host. Instead, James Starling is joining me from the Definitely Not A Guru YouTube channel. Welcome, Jim. Hi, Alex. Thanks very much for inviting me on. Um, big shoes to fill with uh, James moving on, but you're from one James <laughs> to another, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, in the last episode, obviously, we discussed uh, James's move on to a um, different a job within the EV industry. So, um, mm-hmm. I had you on. I had you on the uh, Creator Spotlight podcast in January, I think. And I've, I figured, with what with your expertise in car reviews and um, uh, electrical vehicles, it was a good a good fit, I think. Um, so yeah, so we're going to discuss a lot of the EV news from the last month um, and the charging news, and also we're going to have a look at what cars you've been driving as well the last few last few weeks as well so yeah fantastic and of course we've got some news haven't we you and i uh because yeah. we're um heading over to the fully charged live show in farnborough on the 28th of april and uh, i don't know alex may even be floating around for the other days as well but I, i'll certainly be there just on the 28th of april and um we've been invited by gwm aura to go and see something new we hope we think we think it might be a new <laughs> GWM or a model coming to the UK, or perhaps a variation of an existing one. We'll have to wait to see on that. That'd be quite cool. Yeah, they've only got the they've only got the funky cap uh, available in the UK at the moment, so it'd be quite moving. If, if there's another vehicle coming, they're moving quite quickly in that case um, to get more models on the on sale. They've they've got loads available in China, and certainly Great Wall Motors, who sort of own the Aura brand, have, have, yeah. have got you know. I don't know, tens of different vehicles across their different brands, but Aura certainly have other models available in China. So it might be a case of one of those coming over or there's some rumor about a GT version, a GT line version of the funky cat, which will be um, a little bit more butch, I guess is the easiest way to, um, yeah. So we shall see, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yes, we've got quite a bit of, new EVs and EV news and um, a lot, well, as well as some charging news from the last few months. So I'll just get started mm-hmm. uh, with the first thing on the list. So um, in March, the the new Volkswagen ID3 was announced. So very early on in March, um, way ahead of schedule, um, according to Volkswagen, they brought the launch date forward because of issues that people have been having with it. Um, it's We say it's an all-new car, but it's more of a, a facelift. Um, and some technology yeah. improvements. So, um, what do you what do you think about this? I think it's good news because, personally, I know lots of people like the ID three. The ID three has been a fairly popular car. It's done fairly well in on the sales front. For me, it's just always left me a bit cold. And certainly, driving the number of cars I get to drive, I don't know the just the quality you expect from a VW or from a VW of old just didn't feel like it was there it felt like a bit of a kind of someone said 
draw an EV and come up with a fairly minimalist interior. And it, it just felt a bit rushed to me. And um, it, it's probably, it's one of my least favorite EVs, um, which oh, wow. I know is quite a, yeah, quite a bold thing to say, but it was just, a, I just found the whole thing slightly disappointing and certainly the interior quality nowhere near up to what you'd expect from certainly a car of that price point and certainly one with the VW badge sitting on the front of it. So I think this is a good thing. Um, the extra range will be great. Uh, I recently went to a VW drive day and they spoke at some length about how the new CEO really wants to go back to sort of interesting and high quality car interiors. So mm. Let's see. It might be a little return to form. Yeah. I've never driven an electric Volkswagen. Um, the closest I've got is probably the uh, Mark 8 Golf as I had as a courtesy car. And that infotainment yeah. system is exactly the same for what I know. And it wasn't the best thing to be using. Um, it was a bit fiddly yeah. and confusing. So some of the improvements they have made apparently is the um, volume strip, the, the slider thing. That, apparently that's going to light up now at nighttime. Um, and it's our all new software um, platform as well. So, yeah, um, be quite interesting to see when, when that goes on sale. Apparently, uh, production start later this year, but no pricing and no availability as far as that has gone has been released yet. So, might be a little while before yeah. we see anything about, from that. So, it'd be nice if they re- just replaced that slidey volume bar with a little kind of round thing that you twist and it makes the volume yeah. go up and down. Yeah, that would be really groundbreaking, wouldn't it? all right the the next thing uh this isn't from the interface this is from auto express um the new kia ev9 was announced uh only a few days ago at the new york auto show um this looks massive um it's very similar to the ex90 volvo um yep yeah it looks looks huge um i imagine that's quite expensive um so yeah, I mean the the rumor is it's going to be a hundred grand, wow. or, or for the for the kind of the top spec and possibly entry of about eighty, but obviously nothing's confirmed and it's all sort of conjecture at the moment. But I mean, yeah. if you could buy a hundred thousand pound Kia, that would be quite a feat, wouldn't it? It would certainly show how far the brands come. Um, oh but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the looks of the thing, I absolutely love the look of that car. I think it's a gorgeous looking thing. It's just a, a big block of, rah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, 80 grand for a Kia is going to be a tough sell for some. But I think it's only that tough when you haven't experienced one in recent years because, you know, Kia and Hyundai and yeah, Genesis. Yeah. You know, they've just come on so, so far in such a short period of time. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a lot of the design stuff they're doing with that. There's a few new Hyundais. Obviously, Hyundai is owned by Kia, or I think they'll be around, I'm not sure. Yeah, Um, yeah. So they're doing a lot of impressive stuff. Um, The EV9, I'd imagine, will be around the price you said, just based on the battery size. It's basically a 100 kilowatt hour battery. And based on the cars I've seen before, it's going to be around that price, I reckon. So, um, yeah. Yeah, there's no launch date and no release date I can see yet. Oh, sorry. Uh, EV9 expected to go on sale later this year. Prices from around 65 apparently. Um, yep. So, it's really cool what they've yeah. done with that middle row of seats as well. The fact that you can just spin them around. and it's a, It yeah. really does look like a 
clever piece of design. And of course, seven seats in the EV market, they're fairly thin on the ground, aren't they? Very thin on yeah. the ground in actual fact. So um, it's just that price point, you know, will be a sticking point for lots of people like myself that would love to have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. The next, the next thing is, this is more uh, US focused news. So USPS is sort of the equivalent of the raw mail. Um, they're turning to electric vans uh, as part of their fleet. So uh, they've, they've actually purchased uh, nine, just over 9,000 e-transits from Ford. Uh, and then they'll start to be rolled into their fleet in December this year. The full fleet will be electrified by the end of 2024. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's this is they're not going for one model like what was originally planned so they did announce ages ago about 10 years ago that there'll be a next generation uh vehicle that they would use um but it seems like they're going for a more uh sort of varied approach so they're going to purchase 21,000 EVs from other companies but just about um 10,000 of them will come from Ford so be interesting to see i've seen a lot of companies in this country moving towards e-transit as well at like DPD so uh, it's good good to see, especially for what the USPS does. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I did actually drive one of those for about fifteen minutes at drive day. Oh, really? And um, huh. yeah, what I what I found is that they're quite light if you go over a speed bump at speed, and um, yeah, they're, they're not really designed <laughs> to <laughs> to go over speed bumps at forty miles an hour when empty because they feel like they're going to roll. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was amazing to to be in a transit and get out of it and not be kind of partially deaf and you know it's a really nice thing to drive and the interior actually was was far better than you would expect yeah, yeah. from a van and um yeah nice nice thing yeah vans are definitely designed to be uh full of stuff i know that i watched a review of that e-transit and for the first time well, most vans use leaf springs, um, and yeah. this is, I guess, because of the weight of the batteries, that it's got full independent independent suspension, which should make yeah. the ride a bit better because vans aren't the most comfortable thing to drive. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while we're on the subject of vans, um, there's a new mm-hmm. California coming this year, or being announced this year. Um, so, at the moment, the current California camper van that's that's made in house by Volkswagen is based on the current six point one Transporter. And I, I think the plan is to get rid of that. Um, the the commercial vehicle version of it, the ID Buzz Cargo, that's that's on sale now. So I think that fit, fits the gap. But the California yeah. hasn't really got anywhere to go. Uh, so what Volkswagen yeah. said is the the new multivan uh, will become a California replacement. Um, it's quite an interesting mm-hmm. vehicle, the multivan. It's 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 not based on a van. It, it's based on the MQB platform that's used on the ID Four yeah, and yeah. ID Three. Which is, it's well, it, it it makes sense for a passenger vehicle, definitely. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a massive seller for them, you'd imagine, because <clears throat> I mean, I live in Bournemouth and had just been down to the the seafront at the weekend, and literally anyone with a surfboard, I think, if you turn up and you don't have a VW badge on your van, you're shot um, <laughs> or denied denied admittance to the sea. So, and I mean, they just go on and on and on, don't they? And people love them. People still pay yeah, huge great. amounts of money for really old battered versions with a couple hundred thousand miles on. 
And uh, yeah, I think it'll do incredibly well for them, sort of regardless of the price, really. Yeah, it's more. Of a, it's going to be more of a stopgap um, vehicle. So the the long term plan for them is to make an ID Buzz version, but ideally they need a longer wheelbase version, which isn't coming for a few years. So in twenty twenty five, there will be an ID Buzz California all electric, um, and also as also a longer wheelbase version as well. So. Yeah, it'd be quite cool. The ID, the um, multivan, it, it, the interior is quite nice, and it has got the same infotainment as the ID, ID, ID Buzz, uh, and the yeah. other ID cars, which isn't great news. But I'd imagine it, it probably drives quite well. So the one thing with with that infotainment system is that at least you've got voice commands to bail you out when you want to change the um, the temperature or something. Just do it the voice commands, oh, yeah. and actually they they yeah, work you can really say, well. Hey, Volkswagen, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry for if we tripped off anyone's cars, but <laughs> um, uh, it's also some. Well, this is kind of just industry news, really. Um, definitely, there's definitely less interest in diesel diesel powertrains at the moment. Uh, a lot of manufacturers have stopped mm. offering them. I know Ford stopped offering a lot of diesels last year, um, and also BMW the latest as well. So uh, they just they've cited poor demand. Uh, for this, so a lot of the diesel versions of the one series, the four series, uh, the two five and the X two um, yep. have been dropped. So, um, for example, one of the diesel models of the one series, the one one eight D, only had five hundred and five sales last year, um, compared to the year previous, when it has over over thirteen hundred. So, it's definitely a trend that we're seeing. Uh, either people are moving to petrol, or moving to EVs. So. And also the cost of diesel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the SMMT have just launched their sort of quarter one figures for 2023. And diesel's yeah. gone down. The, the sort of new registrations of new cars, diesel's gone down 20% year on year, uh, which is, you know, a huge, huge number, really, isn't it? Out of 287,000, yeah. nearly 288,000 sales, 11,000 were diesel which is staggering. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who buys them. Like I'd imagine it's probably company fleets. I don't know if that takes into consideration commercial vehicles. Um, I think, I think it's just cars. All right. Yeah, it's cars. Um, company fleets will be included. Company fleet figures will be included within this because yeah, if it's a car, it's a car. Um, however, if you're driving a diesel now, your company car tax yeah, will yeah. be so hideous that I don't know that you would as a company car user. Maybe if you're on a car allowance where you can basically buy your own car and then yeah. charge back your fuel, uh, maybe you're, you would still consider a diesel then. But company car tax would just—I mean, my—I I had a, my last company car was a, a Volvo XC40 diesel and it was the it was like the d3 so it was the lowest powered diesel variant and uh, i was paying about 900 quid a month wow. in company car That's tax insane. when that went back i was in a particular i was in a, i was in a particularly unfortunate tax position at the time but yeah it's it's awful and um even before that i think it was 450 wow. a year something like that for your you know in inverted commas free car which you use as a, a tool of your trade so it's tough um, yeah, the, I mean, the highest seller there is is still petrol. Uh, but if you combine all the different yeah. hybrid versions, 
so mild hybrids plug-in hybrids then that's the biggest seller at the moment but then battery electric vehicles 46,626 in the first quarter of 2023 you know compared to 11,000 diesels so battery electrics now outselling diesel four to one yeah well yeah the BEV sales have gone up by 18 18 percent so yeah um, yeah yeah it's great a uh, lot of new stuff happening so um got another bit more commercial vehicle news um over the last few days ford announced their smallest an update to the smallest van so uh they've they've offered, always offered like four different vans uh, so they've got the courier the connect the custom and then the big big transit uh they've announced that there's a new e-transit courier on the way so this, as i said this is the, the smallest mm-hmm. van they offer um and it, it will be offered as both a uh, diesel petrol and electric but the main focus is on the ev one because um well, that's that's the focus. Um, so it will be coming uh, in 2023. So the sorry, Q3 2023 is the petrol diesel versions. Electric one will come next year. Um, and this would, be, this would be great for uh, like delivery companies and uh, the raw mail when they've got short. Not that the ranges, not that the ranges won't be any good, but they've got shorter journeys to do and smaller yep. loads and that yeah, sort of thing. I mean, last mile delivery is a a massive polluter as well isn't it so yeah and in in terms of noise as well i mean when you know when the oh yeah postman pulls up outside with his diesel running and goes to three houses and obviously they always leave it on yeah it makes out of a racket it's it's putting out a load of pollution that doesn't need to be there and you have to think that in these sort of commercial use cases any kind of premium to, to actually buy the vehicle in the first place will soon pay for itself because they, I mean, they put huge, huge mileage on and it's all that last oh, yeah. mile stuff. So yeah, small range, not really a problem, is it? No, I'm not, there's no information about the range yet, um, but it will have um, hundred kilowatt charging, which is really good. That's, 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 yeah. that's the, like the, the benchmark at the moment. Uh, I'll give you a 35 minute, um, charging time from 10 to 80 percent what i found most yep. interesting is that they are planning on launching a tornio version so a passenger vehicle um mm. and once the fiestas drop that will become the entry level entry level passenger car for for ford um yeah which is which is interesting um just based on the pictures we've seen the interior looks quite good quality uh as you mentioned with the e-transit the the sort of the material quality in terms of the look of it has definitely improved with the commercial vehicles. So uh, that'd be, yeah, quite, for that'd sure. be quite cool to see. Mm. Some public transport news next. So I didn't realize there was such a massive investment into electric buses. Uh, I thought sort of the only place that was doing it was London. Um, but it turns yeah. out quite a few cities in the UK, are, the government's investing 2 billion, well, they've invested to date, they've invested 2 billion pounds in turning buses into like buying electric buses. So, um, Mm -hmm. so the city of Leicester, um, has had 3 million pounds dedicated to it and all of their, uh, diesel bus fleet is being scrapped and they're going to replace it all with electric buses, which is, as you mentioned, noise buses are horrendously noisy. Um, which is quite good. And what's really good is the, the buses are all made in the UK. So there's a company called right bus, and they manufacture the buses in Northern Ireland, so it's keeping it all local um, within within this area. It's not it's not an expensive bus that's produced elsewhere. It's um, it's it's something that's produced locally, which is which is good. 
Yeah, it's great to see something with wheels on being produced in the UK at any scale, really, <laughs> because, you know, it's become it's become less of a thing, hasn't it, over the years, that's for sure. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and anything the government can do to promote that would be massively helpful. Yeah, some, some of the buses are now on hydrogen, aren't they, which, of course... Still, it's a it's it's still an electric vehicle at the end of the day. Um, Yeah, it's just powering it with hydrogen rather than rather than a battery. But um, yeah, Yeah. interesting to see companies going full EV with it. And I guess again, really, a lot a lot of the buses are going to do relatively short range, um, but they've got they've got all that real estate to put batteries if they if they should want so. Yeah, it seems ideal. The only thing is, you know, you do get on the bus sometimes and it smells a bit like a stairwell in a carpet. And we have to make sure that the f- <laughs> the fluids that cause that odour don't seep into the batteries, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned <laughs> hydrogen. Wright bus make a hydrogen bus as well. Um, so they're, they're, they're not just sticking onto one thing just for electric. They're doing yeah. uh, hydrogen and and electric, which is good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, we mentioned the ID three earlier. Um, so it was announced on the second of March, uh, just a few days ago. Well, a few weeks ago, end of March, that new ID three went up for pre order in Germany. So there is some more information about it. Um, it's from thirty nine thousand euros in Germany, which is about what it costs at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. pretty, in my opinion, it's pretty expensive for what it is. Um, yeah, especially with the, the competition that's out there. So um, yeah, I mean you. Look at the one with the what was it the ID three Pro S, yeah, uh, forty seven and a half thousand euros. So it's probably going to be fifty thousand pounds. Yeah, I mean, so you're already you're over a Tesla Model Three, Tesla Model I Y. You sh- <laughs> good luck with that one, guys. <laughs> um, I forgot yeah. about this car to be honest. And Lotus are obviously they're owned by um, Geely now. Um, same yep. group as Volvo, but they've they've announced they announced their first SUV, I think, last year. Um, but it's now being delivered to customers in China. So the the the, the first market is going to be available is in China. Um, mm-hmm. It's a we want about the EV uh, the Kia EV9 being quite expensive. This is about the same price. Uh, it's 112 kilowatt hour battery pack, uh, nearly a 400 mile range. Basically, uh, it's about 90 grand. Um, mm-hmm. What I found most impressive is the charging speed. Uh, it says 20 minutes from 10 to 80%, which they haven't specified yet what kilowatt speed that is, but it's yeah, that's that must be insanely fast. Yeah, it's um, was it uh, the the Elytra R will have the most a more powerful motor and be capable of 0 to 60 in 2.95 seconds, top speed of 165. It's a yeah. crazy performance vehicle. The thing that I don't quite get with it is why they made it an SUV. Um, for me, a Lotus is all about, you know, it's a sports car. Sports and, car. Um, I know the world's decided that the world wants an SUV, but I don't know, a Lotus buyer, does a Lotus buyer want an SUV? It's such a kind of niche brand. Um, I know. And I hope they make it, nice and light despite the fact it's got 112 kilowatt hour battery pack or colin chapman <laughs> will be spinning in his grave <laughs> well as, as, as i said oh as i mean lotus have got not just um they still have some sports cars on sale so they've got the mm. imura i think it's pronounced 
that's yeah. I don't think that's hybrid. I think that's that's full full combustion still. So they are still doing some yeah. bits um, from their roots. So yeah, it's good. Um, we we mentioned it pre-show, but I watched a video of the weekend. I think you watched it as well uh, from Donny Smith from fully uh, late break show. Uh, he reviewed. We well, had a first look at the Morris J van. This is actually yeah. uh, not too far away from me, uh, the head office, which is quite interesting to find out. Um, it's sort of a very retro-themed electric van, um, and they, these guys are actually going to be at fully charged uh, later in the month. So we'll have a good, we'll have a chat with them. Chat with them. Um, this is my big takeaway from it was it's going to do really well for quite uniquely British premium brands like Harrods. Um, yeah. they they use these for promos and things. I think. Um, but yeah, did you, I think you watched the video, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I thought the thing was absolutely fantastic and I, I just love that kind of retro modern thing. And yeah, we mentioned, I think he dropped the name brands in the video, didn't he? But probably shouldn't he have. Did. He mentioned yeah. Harrods and what was the other one? Hotel Chocolat. Oh, Hotel Chocolat. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just, just for delivery vehicles, it would be an amazing bit of PR for them and oh, yeah. uh, for certain brands but yeah i think it looks absolutely fantastic uh, the price is a little bit disappointing but i guess it's always going to be expensive when it's a fairly low volume yeah so i think they started about 60 grand um, i think so but but what a thing and if you've, you're a local business what a great piece of marketing because every time one of those drives down the road you're going to just turn around and stare at it because it's so different i know yeah. What I found interesting was the weight of it. So it was all carbon fiber. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they managed to make it weigh 1200 kilo, which is like the weight of a normal hatchback. Yeah. Which is a, a great shout because yeah, if they can make it lighter, they don't need as much battery power. And of course, so much the cost is the battery that it, yeah. it seems like a really, really well-designed, well-made thing. So it'd be interesting to have a poke yeah. around with one at fully charged and, Hopefully, I can talk him into having a far less popular YouTuber visit to do a, a little one-off video. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Next bit was from, we, we mentioned the ID3 earlier, um, and you mentioned about it'd be such a revolution to have a, a dial for the volume. And Volkswagen mm. has done that, it seems, with the ID2. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah this looks really this cool. Is, this is great. But- yeah, I mean, this looks like a bit of a game-changing vehicle, potentially. I must admit, I, before the um, the announcement came for this, they did a little bit of hype around it, didn't they? But I was really hoping it was going to be the, the e-Golf, and it was going to be what we've just been talking about, kind of a retro, modern... Um, can you imagine, uh, like, an e EV version of, say, a Mark One or Mark II Golf with that styling? And they do that, that at quite kind well. of, yeah, they do that at kind of much like, like the Honda E or something that really met re- retro modern mm. sort of styling. And that goes on sale at around 25 grand. And they go back to it being, because the Golf was always supposed to be the people's car. It was supposed to be, you know, the kind of car for everyone. And over the years, it's just become a bit more expensive. And actually the one mm. you want is really expensive. And, the weird thing is they announced this and have said it's going to be built um it sounds like it's going to be similar size to a polo 
And yeah. then in the next breath, there was talk of an electric polo. Huh. Yeah, which kind of baffled me slightly. Um, but if they do what they say with this, and you're going to get a car with over 200 miles of range um, for mm. kind of 22,000 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be. So the ID3 was golf wheelbase, Passat space. And this is supposed to be polo wheelbase, golf space, because um, of how set forward everything is. Um, yeah. I, I just wonder what the polo's going to be. Is that going to replace yeah. the. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the. What's what's the one you've got, Alex? The I can't. I've got the up. Yeah. The up. Maybe maybe the polo is yeah. going to replace the up. Yeah, because that that's the e up's been removed from sale already. Uh, it was it was yeah. on sale twice. So they, yeah, that was about seventeen thousand. Um, so they've stopped offering that again. Um, but yeah, the ID two. The there was a video from Autogifuel uh, Thomas. Which I'll put, yep. we'll put a link down down in the uh, show notes. But uh, incredible video, um, going over all the details. But the interior looks really cool. It, it, it is an is it a concept at this stage? Um, but there's a lot of things that they've done properly again. That they've got four window switches again, rather than just two. They've got the dial for the volume. They've got uh, proper buttons on the steering wheel, um, like these joy uh, little rolly things. So, um. Yeah, it's it's it'll probably go when it when it launches. Um, it, well, in twenty twenty six, we're about three years away from having it. Um, it will use a new platform, so the MEB entry platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, twenty two thousand. That's that's game changing price, really. I should say I haven't seen that video yet, um, so I'll have to check that out. But does Thomas use yeah. his um, extendable ruler in it? No. <laughs> oh, I've got it. I, I get massive ruler envy every time I watch that. <laughs> uh, such good videos though, aren't they? Just so well shot and he's a good presenter. I I like his like take on English as well. You know, he speaks perfect English, but obviously uses yeah, it's just it's great. I love it. There's something you added to the show notes about uh, EV values plummeting uh and about leasing as well. So there was a, a decline in EV values. So yeah, this is a piece that came up on Autocar, and I've heard a lot of kind of noise in the trade at the moment about car dealers are just not buying used EVs at the moment because they're finding that they can't sell them or that when, by the time they come to sell them, they've lost a lot of value. And this is one of the things obviously on my YouTube channel, I talk a lot about leasing and finance and value for money and that kind of stuff. And I've always said that not in every case, because every case is different, but quite often. um, And certainly me personally, I wouldn't buy an EV at the moment with cash. I would lease one because for me, the danger is you're going to buy this thing, this asset and say you have it for three years, which most people buying a new car, keep it for three years or they do a PCP or something. And that's three years in those three years. What's to say the, the bottom's not going to fall out of it. And you're left with something that's worth far less than you expected it to be. Case in point being Tesla. Look what's just happened there. You bought your model three, uh, one day for 50 something thousand pounds. Uh, you know, the next week it's worth nine thousand pounds less, and you don't even have it yet. And 
you also have to think what happens if Tesla yeah. one day says we've re- we're, we're changing out, we're doing a facelift, the new version of Model 3 is going to be the same price, but it's going to have another 100 miles of range, which is exactly the kind of thing they would do. And I just think that mm. you're constantly at the mercy of the mercy yeah. of the technology moving on. And there's that real chance that you're going to suddenly have something that's worth a lot less than you started off with. And this is the thing that's happening right now with the trade and why they're getting quite upset <laughs> about things. Um, some of them having, having fixed the prices of used cars fairly well over the uh, COVID-19 saga. So maybe it's, um, you know, <laughs> what goes around comes around. But this is a thing. And for me, if I can get into something and I know it's going to cost me X amount over three years and at the end of it, I'm completely free to move on to something else. Um, A lot of people kind of misunderstand what leasing is. And if you just look at it as I'm going to have this car for three years, what's the least amount of money I can pay for it for three years and calculate it that way? Uh, Sometimes you you may be surprised. But yeah, I think it's just protecting yourself against advances in technology, kind of more competition coming into the market and the way the market reacts to it. Mm. So in that report, Autocar reported a guy called Richard who had waited six months for his new MG4. And when it finally arrived, the dealer called him to say his part exchange Citroen EC4 was worth four grand less than it was when he initially took the offer. Um, mm. Which is just, that's mad. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely crazy. All right, that's all the EV news. We've got some bits of charging news to discuss. So there was something about um, some new charges in Surrey, so I've got what that was. Um, yeah, so Surrey uh, to install 10,000 new EV chargers by 2030. Um, so the Surrey County Council had partnered with a charging point provider, Connected Curb. Um, by 2030, 10,000 new charging points will be rolled out. Um, so yeah, there's apparently... There are 39,000 charging points in the whole of the UK. So just adding 10,000 in one county will have a massive impact. Mm. Um, yeah. There's no real message on where these will be put, if it's at council buildings or like park parking places, but yeah. Yeah, so Connected Curb, their, their specialist thing really is is putting them at the roadside and uh, kind okay. of in la- com- like lampposts or something that would be a, right. a little bollard or something so that they blend in a bit and they're just available at the roadside because obviously that the okay. massive problem at the moment, all the people that live in flats and don't have a private drive and you know cannot have a charger at home. Well, if you can have yeah. one out on the street, then hopefully that, that kind of helps with that. <clears throat> and they've been going for a few years and um, their CEO is a guy called Chris Pateman Jones and he came from, the petrochemical industry, which is quite interesting. So he's come to it with a different, slightly different take on things. And um, they're a really interesting company, actually. I'm sure they'll be at fully charged so we can see what they've currently got on offer. But I think previously they had something a bit like a bollard and then something that kind of worked um, as as part of a lamppost. And you have to think that that's got to be the way forward is just putting them everywhere. Yeah, makes it a little bit more invisible as well, so it's less of a thing that's there, um, which mm. is quite good. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what they've they've got to show off at Fully Charged. Um, 
Next bit of news is Tesla are opening more charging locations, the supercharger locations in Europe for non-Teslas to use. So back in 2022, about a year ago, um, Tesla announced that they'd start allowing non-Teslas to charge at its supercharger network. And the initial rollout was started in the Netherlands. However, uh, in the last few weeks, um, more charges are now going to be open for use. Um, and this hasn't expanded um, everywhere just yet, just some locations in the, here in the UK and Europe. Um, so in Germany, for example, there are 153 locations for chargers, uh, and 69 of those will be able to be used by both Teslas and non-Teslas. Um, so it's that's great. The I haven't I haven't used one that's um, like that, but I, I, I've heard the experience is okay. Um, it's less seamless than having a Tesla. So rather than just plugging it in yep. and it just doing its thing, you have to use the app uh, and, and do it that way. But um, it's, it's good news for everyone. How would you feel if you were a Tesla owner at that news? I can imagine some people, some Tesla owners, like not being quite happy about it because sort of the available charges you've got are gone. But you, yeah. For, but for the, me, it's like it's a massive selling point. It's a it is a true unique selling point for Tesla because they're the only ones with their own dedicated network, and mm. to lose that seems like an odd marketing move but for everyone else and for the good of mankind it's a, you know a really positive move but if i'm a selfish person which i am and i've got tesla which I, I don't have but if i did i'd be really fed up about that because i probably bought that tesla in the first place because i because i'd have access to the supercharger network and that's probably why i didn't get the polestar so yeah I think it's yeah. two two ways to look at it, I guess. I suppose it's and also just because you have a Tesla doesn't mean you can't use the other networks. And the other networks are improving all the time. I own it. Yeah. Um for what I've heard is is really good. Um so Yeah, Ionity's brilliant. In Instavolt's pretty good. The the one that I've never ever managed to successfully charge on is BP Pulse. Uh, uh after- yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, after about twelve attempts at different places as well. If if I see one and I've got an EV, I will pull over and just see if I can charge with it. And it's just never ever worked. Yes. A <laughs> <laughs> um, bit more, bit more Tesla news. So um, they've announced the very first version four supercharger. So these look a bit, a bit nicer to look at. Um, a bit cleaner design. Um, so the very yeah. first location is in the Netherlands. And the 16 independent chargers. And the main difference is the, I think, the lack of load sharing, I've heard. Um, yeah. So yeah. rather than someone charging next to you, you, you both get a decreased amount of uh, voltage. It's Everyone's got their own. Um, mm-hmm. So the, up to 250 kilowatt hour speeds. Sorry, up to 250 kilowatt speeds. And there's longer charging cables. Um, as well as easier access for all types of electric vehicles. So it's good to see. Yeah, looks fantastic. Yeah, so that's all the news we've got. We're going to move on now to the Jim's Drive section. So what EVs have you been driving in March? Uh, So in March, I've had... So I started off with the Genesis GV70. Um, By the way, quick plug, 
reviews for all these on my YouTube channel. Definitely not Guru. Of course. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, Genesis GV70, the electrified version. Um, I'd never actually driven that as a petrol or diesel. It's the only one I hadn't from the Genesis range. Um, but I tried the kind of petrol and diesel engines offered in the rest of the range, and they were the thing that let let the cars down. Um, the petrol was actually great, four-cylinder that felt like mm. a six, um, but really not very frugal. Um, couldn't match some of the German cars in terms of the performance figures, in terms of you know perf- speed, pure performance, and uh, combined with the MPG, yeah, etc. Yeah. And then the diesel just really unrefined in what's otherwise a a really refined car and for me it's the best car where they've kind of taken an existing fossil fuel power car and electrified it i think the genesis it just suits it so so well i mean they should be electric cars they're just so refined and you add the v drivetrain to it and it just finishes it off it's just perfection I absolutely adored that GV70. Uh, I would marry it if it were legal. And I'm in Dorset, so maybe it is. I don't know. Um, and then uh, <laughs> moved on to the GV60, which uh, obviously Ionic 5 EV6 with a, a different head on it. And um, it's got a slightly smaller boot than the Ionic 5 or the EV EV6. Um, but it's certainly got a more premium interior. The, the the layout feels more familiar to those of you that perhaps know the Ionic 5. Um, it's a very, very nice thing. Just for me, having come straight from the GV70 to the GV60, it was probably not the best idea. I probably should have had, um, I don't know, a um, Twingo or something in between because it, 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 it felt like a, a slight downgrade. And, and it's not. The GV60 is a brilliant, brilliant thing. Like It really is a fantastic car. Out, out of the three, yeah. the Ionic 5, the EV6, and the GV60, I still prefer the looks of the Ionic 5. I know it's a really Marmite kind of design, but I just think it's genius. It's quite cool looking. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's probably still the one I'd go for because it's got the extra boot space. You know, I've got a couple of kids. I've got dog. Um, we don't travel light anywhere, so it's probably still the one I go for. But the GV60 feels a lot more premium; it really does. And then um, the most recent car I've had is the GWM Aura Funky Cat. Uh, just launched a video for that, so that's really interesting as well. Really good to see a new brand to the UK where they've come with something so bold, so wacky you know, so interesting rather than just a case of someone draws a picture of a car and they turn it into one, you know, there's real kind of design has gone into that real thought has gone into it. The interior as well is very, very premium. And certainly if you got in the, it's lovely. Yeah. yeah, If you got into that and then got into an ID three, you would not believe that, you know, the, the ID three were the more expensive of the two. Um, it's, I'm perhaps not quite masculine enough to pull off the design myself. So I probably wouldn't buy one, but then it's not designed to appeal to, to me. So, you know, I always try and review these things without any bias, whether it's personal bias or, or something I've heard or anything like that. 
and um, it's actually a really, really sure. good car. What lets it down slightly is the boot size. It's only, I think, it's two hundred and twenty-seven liters. Um, where the the cabin is huge, you know, loads of rear leg room, really a much bigger car than you think it's going to be. And then you pick up the boot, you open the boot, and it's just a bit small. Sure, yeah. So uh, some smaller cars are just the boot space isn't quite as good. So mm. yeah, I, I like the look of that car. There's, we mentioned earlier that there's a GT version coming at some point. Um, I'm just seeing some pictures of that on the internet. That looks that looks really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's 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 only. It's it's not definitely coming yet, but okay. it looks very, very likely to happen. Um, and I don't think it's going to have any more performance. I think it's just going to be like the styling, styling of it. But certainly yeah. when you look when you look at that, the styling of it, it becomes something I might be interested in. You know, it's cool. potentially yeah, yeah I, I would potentially buy one of those where the the funky cat as it is at the moment, I wouldn't. Sure. Yeah. There's been a lot of, um, as always, you can find the, the videos um, Jim mentions on his YouTube channel. There's a link in the show notes. It's definitely not a guru on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, so good good episode for March. Um, lots and lots of EV news, some charging news, and, of course, um, you can find us at Fully Charged Live on the 28th of April. Uh, we'll both be there uh, filming and doing different things at the event. So, yeah, it's been a good episode. Um where can people find you if they want to learn more about definitely not a guru and yourself? Yeah. So on YouTube and Facebook at definitely not a guru on Twitter at not a guru three and Instagram at not a guru Jim. Awesome. Yeah. You can find all of this news in the show notes and most of the news is from the interface.uk. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the underscore interface underscore, uh, and also a Mastodon link down below as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, if you've got any feedback about the episode, you can email info at theinterface.uk. We're always glad to hear your questions, comments, and opinions on the episode and anything you'd like us to look at uh, next time. Yeah, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Charging Status is proudly recorded using Squadcast. Squadcast provides an easy and robust way to record video and audio podcasts. Use our referral link to help support this as well as future episodes. Charging Status is also proud to be hosted with Castos. Castos provides an easy way to host podcasts and distribute them to all the top platforms, including YouTube. Use our referral link to help support this as well as future episodes.